mindfulness mode. Perfect is boring, especially in the mindfulness world. Like you're not ever, like if you try to be perfect in your mindfulness, you're going to fail immediately. Hey, Mindful Tribe, so great to be with you again today. I'm here with a Pilates teacher. She's an expert in breath work, habits, and mindset. She coaches people. She's the founder of OnlinePilatesClasses.com. And I'm really interested to talk to her because I've been interested in Pilates for a long time, but never done it, and I don't know a huge amount about it. So I'm so interested to talk to my guest today about this. And my guest today is... Is Leslie Logan. Leslie, are you in mindfulness mode today? I am, especially now that I'm here with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so awesome to be talking to you, Leslie. So Leslie, what does mindfulness mean to you? You know, if you'd asked me 10 years ago, I probably would have thought it was like something perfect, like where you're sitting there and like almost in levitation. <laughs> but now that I'm a recovering perfectionist and overachiever, Mindfulness to me is like just being aware of how I'm feeling in that moment. And that feeling can be stressed or it could be excitement. It's just like I'm actually able to tell you or tell myself, oh, this is how I'm feeling right now and being present in that. And um, and then, you know, taking myself where I want to go, depending on how that is. Yeah. So a lot of what you do has to do with self-care and the whole idea that self-care is not selfish care. So I like that episode title that that we've got here. So can you talk a little bit on that topic? Yeah. So something that I have been trying to figure out as I went along my journey as a human being and burning out and not sleeping <laughs> and trying to do all the things myself is that I realized that I'm a much better person to other people when I have had sleep, when I have rest, when I've poured into myself. And so, you know, we all heard that that everyone talks about this whole, like, put on your air mask first when that's what they say on the plane. And the reality is, is most people are reading their book, playing a video game and not actually <laughs> listening to that instruction. Um, and so that's why they have to keep repeating it to us. But the reality is, is like every, I, I mostly work with women or people who truly care for others. And so that can be anybody. But what I notice is that they'll do everything for everyone else, but they won't take time for themselves because they feel guilty. They feel bad. They feel like, oh, I should be doing something else other than taking care of me. But the actual reality is if you don't have a filled cup, if your gas tank is not filled, it is something you, if someone hits you, if someone asks you for something, you're shorter with them. You kind of are like a little bit more stingy with that energy and you're not as giving as you'd want to be. You're not as generous with your love, your kindness, your strengths, your superpowers. And so what I really do try to preach to people and help people find is ways to fill their cup first, to take care of themselves first, and then they can actually be the person that they want to be for others. And they're not trying to figure out like, oh, when I'm, when I get more sleep or when this project is over, then I'll be this. It's like, we can be that today if we take care of ourselves today. Yeah, I so agree with that. Leslie, what drew you to Pilates specifically? It's oh, a great question. Okay. Ready for this, everyone? I actually thought Pilates was a bunch of like loony BS, like couldn't do what it was said it was going to do. I thought it was an infomercial workout. You know, like I grew up and I saw it on, on the infomercial channel. So like none of that stuff is true. Right. So I, when I was invited to a class, I said, no way, not going, that's not a real workout. Here I was an, um, an, a competitive runner. Um, I worked out at a gym. So it's not like I wasn't already doing things in the fitness world, but I just didn't believe it. However, I wanted a friend <laughs> and I was in a place where I wanted a friend. So I was like, well, I'll go to this class with her and then we'll go have some avocado toast and I'll never have to go to that class again. And guess what? I fell in love with Pilates in that class. Like literally in two exercises, I felt parts of me that I never felt before. And 
I didn't, couldn't tell you and articulate it then. I think even if you are new to doing something that's mindfulness or meditation or connected, you can't actually articulate it in the moment. But looking back, what I fell in love with was I was actually connected to myself. I was actually in my body. I was present in my body in that moment. And that's what I fell in love with. And so I kept doing Pilates, seeking that feeling that I couldn't articulate at the time how I, I felt so good. But then years later, I was like, oh, I feel so good because I'm actually like, paying attention to myself and where I am at today and what's going on in my body today. And it gave me more energy to show up in a different way at work and with my, with the people around me. Wow. That is so awesome. And so then you decided to be a teacher. Yeah. Someone said I should. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine because you've got the, the personality. You're so bubbly. You're so energetic. I can imagine that you must inspire so many people as a teacher of Pilates. Yeah, I I mean, I probably, you know, when I first started, I would not have, I would have like played that down, but I will tell you right now, I will pr proudly accept that compliment. And yes, I do. Um, and that's a goal of mine um, because I, it, Pilates changed my life so much. And let me just explain what Pilates is in case somebody is like picturing oh, something please. else. So Pilates is a strength-based workout that is designed to balance your imbalances and it works your entire body out in every exercise. So if you're like, oh, I'll do Pilates for my core work, Pilates is going to work your entire body out. And what I love about that is if you're a very busy person and you're like, okay, I have the leg day and the arm day. And then like you miss a week, you've missed the whole thing. But if you only have time for one workout in a week and you do Pilates, you've worked your entire body out. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't have to have fancy equipment, although it can. Um, you can just do it on the mat. Joseph Pilates created it just on the mat first. And then he created these other exercise, other pieces of equipment to support the mat because it's actually super hard. So um, when I was doing Pilates as much as possible, as much as my budget would allow. Someone suggested I become a teacher. And I, I honestly, if she hadn't, I don't think we'd be here today in this way. Cause I really was like, well, I have all this college debt. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm a retail manager. Like my life is set. Right. Um, but what happened is I actually became a teacher during the 2008 recession Okay. and people who were canceling their cable were signing up for sessions with me. And I believe it's because I helped them be in their bodies. I help them be present in that moment. And there's something about once you can get, like once you can stop the whirlwind and be in your body, be in your space, there's like, it's like a drug you've never had before. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's the safest one. So, um, so that actually led me to teaching thousands of people and traveling the world to do it. Right. And do you sometimes teach online? I do. So what ended up happening is um, my uh, my husband insisted that I do videos on YouTube <laughs> years ago, and I had so much imposter syndrome around that. Um, in the Pilates world, there's people who are called elders. Some people call them disciples. And so they were people who were trained by Joseph Pilates. I'm like, well, they should be the ones who are on YouTube. They should be the ones doing the videos. And he was like, no, you should do it because you teach it in such a different way that allows anyone to do it. So I trusted him. I did that. And that started putting me on the map and people hiring me to come to Australia, Poland, UK, Spain to teach. And because I was traveling so much, um, my husband's like, hey, your classes, your people in LA need classes when you're gone. So, well, this is like divine, um, amazing appointments. OnlinePliesClasses.com was just sitting there on GoDaddy. <laughs> waiting wow. for us to buy it. And wow. We weren't the first domain. They weren't the first online platform out there. In fact, I was already on one. Um, uh, and so 
in 2017, I started online classes and 2018 online was launched. And, um, so we were been online for a long time and that's now I teach virtually either in real time, um, for some people. And then I teach, I have an on-demand library where we have several other teachers to help you, you know, take time for yourself, move your body, get into it do Pilates in an accessible way. Um, again, you don't have to have all the equipment. You could just have space on your floor in your office. So that's how I started that. Oh, wow. So when COVID came, you were all set then. Yeah, we were all set. I will say I had so many text messages. Oh my gosh, Bruce. So I was in Cambodia, March 8th to the 13th Okay. of 2020. So, you know, the world was shutting down. I was leading a retreat in our, in our house there. And, um, we're coming back to a lot of uncertainty and a lot of unknown. And I had so many people going, oh my gosh, you are going to take off because you're already set up. And you'd be surprised. I had tons of emails of people canceling their memberships because of free content on Instagram. And so, yeah, so I, I w- it was like a little bit of like a whiplash. Yeah. But what ended up happening is um, even though we lost some people, I kept going because I was like, you know, you can't be, of course, there's there's stuff on YouTube. There's been free stuff around this whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's stick with what we have and let's continue to um, work on mes- the messaging so that we can attract people. And what we, how we ended up getting people back is that we're the only people who hold you accountable. So, you know, mindfulness, anything, movement, all that stuff, all of it requires you to be consistent. That like, that's a muscle that you have to work out. Yeah. And not every person is a, a self-starter. In fact, most people, if you've done the four tendencies, if you're an obliger or a questioner or a rebel, you are someone who needs accountability and there's nothing wrong with that. And so at, um, we call it OPC at onlinepliesclasses.com at OPC, we actually hold you accountable. We're the only platform that does without it being in real time where you have to show up at a specific time. You can come whenever you want to take your class. However, it's going to disappear next Tuesday and then a new one oh. drops. And so we use that FOMO of like, look, if you don't take this class, it's going away to help people show up. Oh, good idea. Yeah. So I, that was the, that was one of the things that I was like really insistent on. I'm like, people need to have some reason. Otherwise it's like your, it's like any subscription, you just stop using it. So, um, so when the pandemic happened, there was a bit of a, a blip of like, ah, is everyone just going to watch things on Instagram? Um, but I trusted that that accountability and that community aspect that we have would bring people back. And now here we are, you know, um, in our fifth year and our community is one of the strongest I've ever seen. We're finally going to have an app that we've been working on for a long time. And are so, you? It, yeah, yeah. You know, you'd think that apps are easy to build, y'all. They're not. <laughs> no, I never thought that. <laughs> When's your app going to be available and what's it going to be called? Yeah, so it is going to be onlinepliesclasses.com. So it'll be OPC and it will be available. Fingers crossed. Everything willing, you know, the Apple and the Google stores approving it, it will be available in April. And so it'll oh. be free content that anyone can access. And then there'll be stuff that's behind um, the membership. Wow, that's fantastic. You know, on your podcast, your podcast is called Be It Till You See It, which is such a clever title, Be It Till You See It. Mm -hmm. And one of the things you say on your podcast is action brings clarity and it's the Mm -hmm. antidote to fear. Mm -hmm. And I I just love that. Can you speak on how action brings clarity? Talk to us about that. Yeah. So, um, you know, you're all about mindfulness. And I think um, one of the things we can become aware of is like that we're, we're scared or we're having imposter syndrome or we're worried or we're nervous. 
those feelings were imposter syndrome, fear. They're very, they're very much like a stuck position. Like you can just sit there and your mind can wander and you can tell yourself a whopper of a story. <laughs> yeah. Or you can take a step in the direction you want things to go. And what ends up happening is you realize in that taking that next step that you're in control, you have the power and what you were fearing is probably not likely to happen. <laughs> um, and then what happens when we take a step, we can see the next step, you know, that whole thing, like you don't have to see all the way to the end of the staircase just to take the first step. Well, it's true. Cause then maybe that end of the staircase is behind some clouds. You have to get a little higher. So when you take some action, it really does like dissipate the fear. Like the fear almost is like, what you just, you went home without me. <laughs> and then, um, and then you're able to see where you just came from and where you want to go a little bit further. And so for me, you know, running our, like running a business with my husband, um, growing a team, growing a community with, um, on a, on a platform that have all these rules. It's like, no, we're going to take your class weight. No, we're not going to do it. Like everyone else does it. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of competition. There's a lot of worry and like, has this going to work? And so for me being able to just trust that if I take another step, I'm going to get more clarity and I'm going to have less fear around it. And that is like the mantra that I go with. And also it's how you be it till you see it. You cannot wait, cannot wait for someone to deem me the place for people to come to for Pilates. I can't, I, th there's, that's not ever going to happen. So what can I do? How can I be that person today? And then what would that person be doing if I had all those things? And so that's kind of that, how that comes about. And I think anybody can borrow that for whatever your dream is. Like if you want to be uh, a CEO, or if you want to be a runner, if you want to be a more mindful person, what does a more mindful person do? Can okay, do that. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. now. And yeah. like, you'd be surprised um, how far that takes you and how much you're not like, you don't leave fear behind, but you can kind of work with fear in a way that's not like um, an enemy. It's more of like a flashlight. Yeah, for sure. Fear is so central to everything we do and everything we don't do, isn't it? Like, man, fear, it's just something that we could, we could talk about and deal with and everything else, but we just have to step forward step through it and uh that's just all there is to it now i i want to talk to you about um metabolism because you know as a male i find that as i get older that my metabolism just seems to be dropping you know and i'm like okay what's going on can can pilates help with that yeah. So, and, and for all my females too, who, <laughs> if you're like perimenopause or postmenopause, hello, that's a new body. It's a new metabolism. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not going to lie. Uh, as soon as I hit 40, I was like, what is that? <laughs> yeah. So um, here's the thing about metabolism. Y'all, your muscle mass is actually what's going to help you with metabolism. So the cardio you're doing that burns a ton of calories um, that you're like, oh, when I do a cycling class, I burn like 400 calories. Yes, great. As soon as you're done, you stop burning extra. That's how it goes. And so you did something great for your heart and maybe you dealt with something that you ate yesterday that was extra than you wanted to, but you're not actually preparing your body to have a higher metabolism tomorrow. How do you do that? Well, you have to do strength training practices. So that would be weightlifting. Pilates would be that as well. So building muscle strength. And so you don't have to be, ladies, you don't have to get bulky. That's not what I'm talking about. We do have to get your body fat percentage lower and your muscle mass 
up there. And that means when you do a strength-based workout, when you do a Pilates workout, when you do a weight training workout, you've actually increased your metabolism for the next 48 hours. Like just in, just by, just by stressing those muscles in a good way. But the more you do that, the more strength that they get, the more they, they become what is on the mass on your body. You have a higher metabolism than someone who weighs exactly the same as you, who doesn't have as much muscle. So what I would say to everybody who's like my metabolism slower. Yep. Welcome to being a human being. However, what are some strength training practices you can do? Stop worrying about the cal caloric out, like um, uh, the the calories you burned in the moment, and mm -hmm. start thinking about how do I uh, how do I strengthen the muscles in my body, and what are those what are those strength training practices that I enjoy doing? Um, because that's actually going to make it more fun for you to go back and do those things. Right. Okay. And so all we have to do is get connected with you at your website and your website. Now I see you've got fullbodyin15.com. Tell us about that website. Yeah. So I wanted to give you guys this one because if you've never done Pilates before, it can be a lot of weird movements mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> that is all over the place. So fullbodyin15.com is just a simple, um, uh, thing that we've created, which is three 15 minute workouts that are for your full, uh, like cover your whole body. Okay. What I did in those classes is I, we do a 15 minute workout. It's about 20 exercises. And then I actually teach you how to do a handful of them. Like I actually, as a teacher, I'm like, this is how this exercise works out. So you can learn it and be your own teacher. Then the second class, we do the exact same workout. I teach you the next set of, of exercises that are in there. And then by the third class, you'll have repeated the class three times, which will also have had a workshop on all the exercises by the end. It's free. Um, it's for you if you've been what I like to call pie curious, Pilates curious, or if you don't have a lot of time. And then if you end up loving it, come to onlinepiletesclasses.com. Don't worry, we'll email you. <laughs> okay. But you'll, you'll, uh, you'll, um, you'll get uh, all levels classes. That's what we focus on. And so this way you can become your own teacher. You can have confidence in the movement that you're doing, you know, okay. Cause I'll, I mean, Pilates is weird. You do a lot of it lying down. There's a lot of like weird arm movements and leg movements, and it's not uh, to be funny. It's actually to, these are all things that your body does when you're walking down the street, when you're reaching for the top shelf, when you're grabbing groceries, you just don't pay attention to it. Okay. Um, so we are going to teach you how to work from your center in that, in that full body in 15 series, and then you'll be ready to go for OPC. I'm definitely checking that out. Full body in 15.com. Yeah. <laughs> it's so easy to remember too. Uh, Leslie is, is Pilates more of a male thing or more of a female thing? So originally it was a male thing. Um, oh. Again, Joseph Pilates uh, was a boxer and he created um, his workout for men. Now we have to just take a moment, ladies, and get, realize that in the 20s, um, they actually didn't let women work out. <laughs> oh, back in the <laughs> 1920s? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, up until, I mean, it was in my lifetime that they were chasing a woman out of the Boston Marathon, right? So like they oh. thought that if we worked out as women, we, it would affect our fertility. And, and so there was all this stuff about not working out. And what we actually know to be true is that ladies, it's like one of the best things you can do for your health is to move and to move your body from a very connected space. And so originally it was for men. However, um, the, um, uh, it was in, he was in New York and one of the, uh, ball ballet companies was near him and would send him dancers to be in air quotes fixed, um, cause dancers get a lot of injuries. And so he would teach them his method. And then what ended up happening is more and more of them were coming. Well, in the 80s, so he died in the 70s. In the 80s, jazzercise and all these other things became really popular, yeah. big weightlifting, big muscles. 
Pilates was attracting more and more women because there was more and more women who were teachers. And because they were dancers, everybody wanted their body. Now, I cannot change your body to be anything other than what it is going to be. I can be the best, strongest version of yourself. But if you <laughs> are not not built like a dancer, you won't look like one. <laughs> it's just how it goes. However, however, you will be the strongest, most connected version of yourself, the most balanced. And when you are balanced, you have less injuries. And so it is for everybody. If you have a body, you can do Pilates. You just might see more women doing it now. However, but um, y'all, y'all, the football players, the NFL, baseball, NBA, they have all hired Pilates instructors for all of their athletes. So my, my men out there don't think it's a ladies workout. Don't think, Oh, it's not, I'm not lifting 400 pounds. So it's not for me. It is absolutely the thing you should be doing to make everything else you're already doing better. Okay. This is so cool. This is so interesting <laughs> because it's all stuff that I really did not know. So I'm fascinated to know all this. So it sounds like your husband has played a really major role in helping you through this and get, getting you on the pathway to success. Is that true? Yes. I'm very lucky. Um, he's also very lucky, I should say, but I'm very lucky that I met him when I did. Um, he, uh, he's very much into tech. He's very into systems. He loves my ideas and he loves to figure out how to make them happen. And so with before him, I just had all these amazing ideas and I was just like taking this messy action and doing stuff, but I actually did not know how to build a website, make a website. Mm -hmm any of those kinds of things. And then he saw me trying to do like my QuickBooks, my taxes. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just highlighting. I don't know. I don't actually know. So I'm just going to highlight and use a calculator and I'm just going to do it. <laughs> so because of him, everything has a place <laughs> and all of my ideas have become um, some sort of reality and there's a system around them. Um, I would say that you need to be as mindful as possible when you work with your spouse. <laughs> it can be very easy to overwork or to to uh, uh, to not be paying attention to each other as a couple. But um, I am also so grateful that we do work together because he loves my ideas. Some of them he shoots down and that's okay. Um, I'll bring them back up a different way if I really want them. And, uh, and, and then he's really made sure that what we're doing gets out into the world because he believes in, in all these things and he knows how it's helped me and he wants other people to have it too. Wow, that's really cool. You answered my question before I even asked it, because I was going to say, talk about the mindfulness of working with your husband. Yeah, <laughs> and you told yeah. us the answer. Well, yeah. you know what? I'll also say, he and I, um, before we met, we both had done Strength Finders 2.0. And if you haven't done it, y'all, I think it's now called Gallup Strengths or Clifton Strengths. I don't know why they rebranded. It's terrible. So Strength Finders 2.0, I was reading the book. Um, when I was with somebody else, I was reading the book, watching the movie, he's just not into you in the background. And I was like, I don't think this guy's into me. I'm reading this book. And it's about like, you sh most people will focus on their weaknesses instead of actually like honing in on their strengths and hiring people or bringing people into their world whose, whose strengths are their own weaknesses. And I was like, this person just keeps harping on all my weaknesses. And I'm watching this movie. I'm like, okay, we got to move. So I left, <laughs> immediately packed up, moved out. Just like that was the end. There was your sign. And so when I met my husband, we're just chit chatting and he's like, what are you, have you ever heard of Strength Finders 2.0? And I was like, yes, what are your top five? And we had a couple that overlapped and then we had some that were very opposite. And so knowing what his strengths are and him knowing what mine are, it makes it very easy for us to stay out of each other's stuff. Like I am not going to like micromanage something that he's actually naturally good at because what do I know? <laughs> 
to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, um, I mentioned earlier the four tendencies. He's a rebel by nature and I'm an upholder, which if you know the four tendencies, everyone, that is a very rare couple. But his rebelness keeps me from being perfect all the time because I'm, as I mentioned, I'm a recovering perfectionist and overachiever. But my like like upholderness helps him uh, show up for things that he might rebel against. So the two of us like kind of help each other out. We balance some of the imbalances there. And then it's just hard. Like some days you'll just, you'll just screw it up. Like some days I snap or some days I get upset and I'm like, oh, and you just have to go, okay, well, how did I want to respond in that moment? Why did I respond that way instead? <laughs> and then, you know, correct and continue knowing that we're both human beings, we are both after the same goal. And, um, and it, it is a really, um, it can work really awesomely when it works awesomely. So if you are someone who's excited to work with your spouse, then, you know, know that it's, know that you're gonna have to have a mindfulness practice. Um, and there's going to be bumps along the way, but also, you know, as you strengthen those things and you figure out like the, the, the ways you didn't want to react and how you can adjust that. It's a really cool world. We get to travel the world together, teaching people Pilates. I think that's pretty awesome. Leslie, do you have a story about bullying where mindfulness would have made a difference? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, like I, when I first started learning how to teach Pilates, I didn't realize I had a bully and I wasn't on a mindful space. And I was kind of like putting my head down and just trying to get through and and not, and not actually just being aware of like how that was affecting me. And it really took a long time for me to like get over the things that that person who was a mentor was supposed to be a mentor, uh, said and did to me. So it, it just, I ended up having to do a whole entire new training to like, almost like replace the one that I went through, which was like tens of thousands of dollars. I had to fly places. Now I don't regret having that second training, but I think if I'd had a more mindful practice, I probably could have handled the space better and learned more in that from that person as who is being my teacher. And so recently, actually this last holiday season, I had some online bullying happening to me and it was awful. It was horrible. It uh, made me afraid of my own phone, <laughs> made wow. me afraid to show up for my own communities. And um, having mindfulness, having like, I, I used all of my tools. Some of, some days I had to use all the tools. Some days, some of the tools would work, but having that, it allowed me to one, feel the feelings. Like if you're being bullied, like it's okay to feel that, like, feel like you're being, like I'm being yeah. attacked right now. And, and what does that make you feel like? And what, what worries come up, what stress comes up. And then I was able to use mindfulness to go back into the reason why I do what I do. Like, who am I actually doing this for? Am I doing this for this bully? Am I doing it for the people that follow and love this bully or am I doing this for these people over here who don't even know that this bullying is happening? <laughs> right, <laughs> so I'm not right, talking right. about it. So the, I, you know, in hindsight, are there are some things that I would have done differently. Yes. And then next time this happens, I will have those tools. However, I can distinctly see the difference between how I was able to show up every day in spite of the bullying um, that I wasn't able to do you know, 15 years ago with the first time that I had it happen. Well, that's fascinating. I, I just wanted to mention, I just finished a book by uh, David Goggins. I don't know if you've ever read any of his books, uh, but he talks about um, how when people do that to him, like if he gets online bullying or whatever, he takes that and he uses that as his energy and his momentum. And mm -hmm. he actually records 
things like horrible things that people say and he puts them on a loop and he listens to them and he keeps like yes yes i'm gonna show them and it's a funny like to, to me it was like the most unusual thing but it was so inspiring to hear him talk about how he flips it like that what do you what are your comments on that I mean, wow, that's a, that's a strength. Um, maybe someday I'll get there. I think I also don't, I also think that he's, I can see how that works. Like for me, um, I found myself, I still posted and I said, well, what am I going to post today so that they can see that they're not taking me down now? doesn't mean that after I posted, I didn't like <laughs> have some tears or have some sure. fears or have some worries, yeah. but I still, I was, I used it to go. You're not, I, you're not going to shut me up. Like, I didn't do anything wrong here. You don't like me, but I'm going to keep going. And so um, I definitely didn't want to replay their words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> but but I, I can see how um, that can be fuel for to show people up. I mean, you know, I also think like um, it's the, the mantra hurt people hurt people. It was yes. very helpful for me. I'm like, this person is hurting. Yeah. And. I don't know why they're wanting to take their hurt out on me, but I, I'm not the actual target. I am just the, I'm actually just the response to what's going on with them and having some empathy for them. Not that I'm going to condone what they did, but just like, you know, I don't know what their life was that got them to be this person. I don't. Um, However, I, I also am not here for them. That's not my person. That's not why I'm doing this. And so I cannot, if I'm going to let this one person stop me from the thousands of people that whose lives I'm here to help, um, then, then not only do they win, but so many other people lose. And like that I couldn't live with. That was actually like really like just actually thinking about like the repercussions of like, if I stop showing up, if I stop doing the things like helping people show up for themselves and, and, and take care of their bodies and move their bodies. If I stop those people, you know what, they might get help from someone else, but it won't be the same as what they would have gotten from me. So I have wow. to, I have to do that. And that's kind of like, um, but I, I know David Goggins, not personally, but I've heard him and he, he's a powerhouse. <laughs> yeah, he really is. <laughs> I loved his book. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, as we move forward in the interview, Leslie, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So just yeah. 30 second answers are perfect. The first one is this, who is one person who has been a really powerful mindfulness influence in your life? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I will say um, Huberman's podcast has helped me be more mindful and in activities that I do, like like the cold shower, you know. So um, I would definitely say them. And then um, Eckhart Tolle, I like I want to be it till I see it on his <laughs> level of mindfulness. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, let's talk about emotions. How have your emotions changed or how do you deal with your emotions differently as a result of mindfulness? So, um, like I said, feel your feelings, but I am much quicker to, um, regulate. So if I do get emotional, I do cry. I, because of mindfulness, I'm actually able to identify why I'm feeling that way and how I want to feel and take a next step in that way. And so, you know, it may take you days to counteract that in the beginning, but now I can do it within an hour or less. Awesome. Okay. Let's talk about breathing. Uh, maybe you have some quick techniques or some quick thoughts or ideas on breathing and how it can help us as it relates to mindfulness. Yeah. So y'all, the book breathe will teach you a lot about how 
we have not been taking care of ourselves and using this amazing tool we have, which is our breath. Um, so if you want a quick way to be mindful, two quick inhales through the nose and want to exhale out the mouth, that is like an instant, instant, like drop in your nervous system. The other thing is a five and a half second inhale through the nose and a five and a half second exhale. The perfect breath is about 10 to 11 seconds. And in Pilates, the first exercise you do on the mat is 100 and you breathe in for five and out for five. So I think Joseph Pilates is pretty on to something because that's a full, almost perfect breath cycle. So that in and out through the nose is essential for calming the mind. Oh, that's great. And so let's talk about a book. You mentioned the book. Uh, I think you said it was called Breath, right? Mm-hmm. Breathe by yeah. James Nestor. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Breathe by James mm-hmm. Nestor. Right. Uh, are there any other books that you would recommend? Yeah. So I love this question so much. I, this is probably the number one book I recommend. Um, the book is called The Big Leap. And it's by Gay Hendricks and it's all about upper limiting. And he talks about the signs that you are doing, things that you're doing whenever you um, are get, when you get outside of your comfort zone and you're trying to pull yourself back in, you will do things like over worry, self deprecate, you get sick, you start stressing out. There's a, there's like seven different ones. If you read this book and you write down those things and you start to notice those that is the quickest way to be mindful about how you are self-sabotaging yourself from whatever it is you want to be doing. Gay Hendricks is great. I've interviewed him twice. He's fantastic. Stop right now. I'm so jealous. <laughs> I want to interview him. He's on my dream list. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure you will because he is just so down to earth, so amazing. I just really have great respect and admiration for the man. And I, I love that you recommended his book. So we'll put that in our show notes at mindfulnessmode.com. So that's awesome. And of course, when we get to apps, that's my next question. Of course, you've got your app just coming up, maybe hopefully in April. That's Mm -hmm. exciting. Any other comments on apps? Yeah. So, you know, I actually, I actually really think that mindfulness should be something that anyone can afford and is accessible. And I um, truly love, (laughs) um, Abraham Hicks has a money um, rant, um, like a money rampage is what she calls it. And it's like five minutes long. And if you are having a worry around money, it is a great one. It's free on YouTube. Just look that one up. And then also she has a morning rampage. It's nine minutes long. And so it's not an app, but these are free things on the YouTube app, uh, that you can do. And the, of both of those, I've listened to them probably a hundred times. They really do help me bring me back into what I want. The other thing I'll say is if you, um, have a music app like Spotify, I love sound bowls. I will just put sound bowls in. I'll pick a playlist and I will listen to that um, when I'm trying to just like de- like just like get my regulations, my regulate my system more. Um, I know none of those are like specific apps or specific playlists, um, but I I feel like there's everyone needs something a little bit different, and you know free ones are out there. And then there's this amazing. Um, uh, I would try to look it up and find the name of it, but there's actually a bunch of different ones, but you can find on YouTube eight hour long, um, sleep, uh, playlists that have the, um, I want to say it's like BPMs, maybe it's HRZs of the earth. So you can oh. actually like, it's uh, the earth's vibrations and um uh, my husband puts those on for me to sleep too and i'm not kidding my aura ring is telling me i get the deepest sleep ever since i've been doing that they don't wake me up so look those kinds of things up but um 
they're, they're the best for just trying to get yourself to it and don't have to pay anything for them. So that's really nice. Oh, that is fantastic. Wow, Leslie, I just really love all your words of wisdom, your advice, your energy is phenomenal. It's contagious. And uh, <laughs> before we wrap up the interview, any final words of advice that you have for our Mindful Tribe listeners? Oh, yes, you guys. Perfect is boring, especially in the mindfulness world. Like you're not ever like if you try to be perfect in your mindfulness, you're going to fail immediately. So just take messy action as we've been talking about earlier. Do the best you can and um, let Bruce and I know how these how these tips affected your life. I know I want to know. Yeah, totally. Well, Leslie, you have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much for being on Mindfulness Mode and and just keep on doing what you're doing. Mm, Thank you, Bruce. Have an amazing day. Awesome. Bye now. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for listening to the show today. And I have great news and it involves you. I want to thank you, Mindful Tribe, for subscribing to my YouTube channel. So many of you have. I'm up to 246 subscribers, 289 videos on there. And I have shorts. I have full length episodes. I'm always interested in what you think. So just send me an email, bruce at mindfulnessmode.com and let me know what you think, whether you'd prefer more more shorts and clips or whether you prefer more full-length episodes or you have any other comments. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart and I really appreciate you being a Mindful Tribe listener. And with that, take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.